Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Witching Hour. This is Patty Negri, and we have a great guest for you this week. If you like my magic, you're going to love hers. We have the beautiful and magical Zoe Howe. But before I introduce you to Zoe, where's Patty? That's right. Remember, I don't know where I am unless... I write it down. So if you are watching this the day we first drop or the week we first drop, which is the week of April 11th, 2022, I am probably, as we speak, somewhere over the United States flying home from Wisconsin. I'm going to get home late, late, late tonight, probably almost tomorrow morning. But I'm sure the Wisconsin Metapara Pro went fabulous because it always does. So a lot of cool kids are there and a lot of everybody. So I could talk about that next week, perhaps. And last week, as you know, I just got back from Winchester Mystery House, which was amazing. I had only been there once and that was to do a murder mystery, which wasn't all paranormal. And you're looking at, you know, hitting your mark and lines and times, but whoo, that place is active. It's, if you're not familiar with it, it's 160 rooms of circular places that go nowhere, built by a woman who a psychic told her to keep on building 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 30 years to break a curse. And she did. And we, we talked to her. We did talk to Miss Sarah Winchester. She danced crazy. We got in on evidence and a little thing. I thought she was a kid, but I didn't know she was four foot nine. So, and again, I highly recommend it both the historic of it. If you're anywhere near San Jose, um, Northern California, check out the Winchester Mystery House. And again, I'll talk about Meta Para Pro next week. So this week I am here in town. Tuesday I have a class. I have a class on elemental magic. So you guys know I'm an elemental witch all the way because we're sitting here on this big old earth planet. So might as well work with that. So if you're interested at University Magic is my school, come on down to Elemental Magic class. If you're one of our Patreon, you get it free. It's cheap either which way. Um, I do not have a class this Sunday because it's a holiday. Happy Easter to everyone who celebrates Easter. Happy Passover. Same time for everyone who does Passover. We pagans are still celebrating Ostara from the equinox. Again, the same thing, the eggs, the bunnies, new life. We made it through winter, celebration, fertility, creativity. So it's that time of year. So whatever you celebrate, celebrate because it's spring. So happy Easter, happy Passover, happy eight other probably thousand <laughs> holidays within it. It's, if you ever go through like a book and you see all the holidays, it's amazing how they line up together. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> so anyway, Tuesday, Elemental Magic. I am in town this week. My next time, I think in a couple weeks, I'm going to be in Dallas at Miracles of Joy on a patty intensive weekend. So that is April next, the weekend after Easter. So if you want to learn hands-on spell crafting, magic, divination, intimate seance, come on down to the Dallas area, uh, miraclesofjoy.net. Um, again, it's different. It's just me. It's not a whole paracon. It's kind of an intensive, witchy, magical, Let's play in Texas. So that's coming up and then Ireland. And if you were sad because Ireland was sold out, guess what? A couple spots just opened. So if you want to go on a Game of Thrones Ireland tour to literal places you saw on Game of Thrones, um, where we're going to lift the veil and talk to the spirits there and go to all sorts of amazing places with an Irish woman leading it who knows and lives all things Ireland Join us on this tour. So check it out. It's on my latest newsletter. It's on my website. It's everywhere. So if you thought about going to Ireland in May, well, you should. Okay, it's time for the Willow Report. This little princess, I actually have a report for the Willow Report, and it was almost a scary report. Yesterday, I was down at my brother's house, and I hear from my husband, and I know something's wrong. And then he tells me he was at the emergency vet with Willow, that she fell off the sofa, and she was like laid out there, and there was something wrong, scared to death. So we, of course, went to the doctor. They did every kind of test imaginable, and the only thing they could find was a little ear infection. So... What they think is that maybe she got a little dizzy and fell off the couch. And again, that's not good for dachshunds. Other dogs, it might be okay, but dachshunds have a back. She doesn't get to jump off the couch. She has a stair to get off the couch. 
What a girl. She get kisses. So anyway, she is okay. But it was the scariest phone call I've had in a long, long time. So, but she's good. That's the Willow Report. But what I was going to talk about is her thing about playing. She likes Keep Away. Keep Away is a really good game when we're playing with her stuffed toys and we're playing with her ball. And she's really good at fetch. But for a girl who's not really good yet at come, stay, sit, and you want her to come in and you're in the front yard or she's got a play date and she won't come. And then she starts doing keep away, which isn't fun when it's two in the morning and you're in your pajamas or you're trying to get somewhere. And she starts running and running and running. I learned something from a dog whisperer coach we talked to. Don't chase them. Don't chase them because I will not chase them anymore. My husband still does and he never catches her. She's faster than a human, short, little, fast legs. Make them chase you. What? Yes, because she wants to change that game. So instead of, I will call her, I might use an even treat to come to me, come to me. But if she doesn't come to me, instead of running towards her and she thinks we're playing that game that's her second favorite game in the world, I run away from her and she runs right to me. It's like dog psychology at its finest. So again, you might be one of those who has a perfectly trained dog who stays on stay and comes on come. But if you don't, if you have a little wild one like I still do, use dog psychology. It's the weirdest thing. I wouldn't have thought of it, but this guy, everything he gave us was sort of like that. So don't chase them. They want you to chase them. Make them chase you. And they come right to you, and then you could pick them up, leash them up, did them in the house, whatever you have to do, right? On rare occasion, I, I I can outsmart her. It's very rare because she usually outsmarts us 99% of the time, but we have a new secret weapon, dog psychology. Anyway, that's it. She's okay. She's healthy. She's good. That's the Willow Report. And guess what I'm going to do for magic? I'm going to do travel magic. Ah, because I'm traveling. Um, You know, we all travel, even if you're just going to the grocery store one day, that's kind of about traveling. But there's also lots of spells and magic that you can do for traveling. Number one, if you drive, if you live in where a lot of us do drive, protect your car, everything from having little dragons and protectors in your car to amulets from, you know, talismans, whatever you believe in your belief system, have a helm of all, have a cross, have a star of David, um, have a St. Christopher is supposed to be very protective. Um, Apollo is supposed to be very good for travel and things like too. Hercules, he's a traveling God. Put a little Hercules toy in your car to keep you safe. Um, my favorite, favorite car protector is a cat's whisker. Do not pull it out of the cat. We talked about this on Animal Magic, but it's easy to find their little shed whiskers around. Stick that in maybe your not used um, little ashtray or your glove compartment. It'll really keep your car safe. Every once in a while, clear out your car. If you want to clear it just like you do your home, you know, whether you're smudging it, whether you're blessing it, walk clockwise around it three times really make it magic. Same thing if you ride the bus, you protect yourself as you're traveling. If you're riding the subway, remember protections out there. There are crazy days out there. And then I don't want you to go out in fear. I want you to go out protected. But let's talk a little bit of travel, travel. Like I'm going to jump on a plane and travel. Um, Here's a really fun way to do it. And I've done this and it does take an old fashioned map. Or you could draw an old-fashioned map, because I know almost all of us are living on our cell phones or laptops. But if you have an old-fashioned map, like, ooh, like, ooh, I'm going to Ireland, I'm going to the UK, get that map out. Draw a circle around where you're going. I'm going to Northern Ireland in green, a green pen, a green travel and safety and protection. Get a piece of chalk, plain old kid's chalk, white. Wipe it a light level with that white chalk. It's kind of like white light. Chalk is magical. I use chalk for almost everything. You could do sigils and protections on your mantle, on your sidewalk, under your porch. Um, Chalk in itself is kind of magic. I actually get my chalk in England. I mean, via Amazon or whatever. They make their chalk. It's real chalk. And I think America's gotten a little synthetic. Um, But chalk of any kind, make it white over the thing. It's kind of like glowing white protection over where you're going. And then you might want to say something like this. Guard and guide our trip. 
and all who venture on this road. See us safely to our destination. See us safely home. Blessed be or amen or aho, whatever that is. Visualize. Remember, visualization is everything. Visualize yourself arriving safely. If you want to have that map, you could fold it up and put it on your altar. Put some crystals in it you want. So put some protective things in it. Um, just stuff it somewhere um, and see yourself coming home. If you want to tie it up with a white ribbon, you can. But again, you've consciously seen that area and put it. Now, if you don't have a paper map and you don't want to draw a paper map, but you can just like, I am going to Poughkeepsie, draw Poughkeepsie, doesn't have to look like it and do the green circle and do the chalk. But if you want to, okay, no, I'm just working on my cell phone. Get creative. You could put chalk on the side. I don't know about a green pen. I wouldn't probably do that, but maybe a dry erase pen and do it on your phone. Do the magic. Remember, magic is intention and focus and clarity. So make it up yourself as far as that. Um, but it's it's really nice. Also, protective sigils and symbols. Um, you guys know that I'm all about the helm of awe. This big old thing, for those of you who are visual, I have this under my welcome map to protect my house, both from burglars and from bad ghosts. But my favorite travel sigil is, it's a rune, it's a rune as well, it's algae's. It looks like this. You can draw it. For those of you who are not visual, it looks like a Y that's the top's a little low. Or it looks like a person standing, a stick person standing with his arms spread up and no legs. Um, Put this inside your luggage. Put this inside your wallet. This is a super protective for travel rune. So lots of things you can do. Again, work within your belief system. Put little things within your suitcase. Lots of ways you could bless your suitcase beforehand. That walking around your car three times, you could do that. You know, put something protective. Walk around your suitcases. You're going to make it to my destination. You're not going to get lost by TSA. You're not going to get lost in the air and end up in Bermuda somewhere. Intent, focus, clarity, ask and desire. So make your trip great. Then you don't have to worry about worry of going on your trip and know that you're going to get home safe, whether it's just to the grocery store around the corner or whether it's all the way to Ireland or Romania or the UK or Alaska. Anyway, awareness is everything. Intent is everything. The rest is make up your own magic. And make it rhyme a little if you can. So that's today's magic. Because we're all going to travel. A lot of people are getting ready for summer travel again. Post-COVID, we're going down. Family road trips are great. Protect that car. Train road trips. Have your self-protection on that train. So see you on the road. That's it. To follow a trend we are doing of late, we're going all the way across the pond again, and I want to introduce you to Zoe Howe. Zoe is an internationally published author, artist, musician, and solitary witch, witch, beast, I'm going to say that last part again. Zoe Howe is an internationally published author, artist, musician, and solitary witch based in East Anglia, UK. She has 13 books published, including her best-selling biography of Rock's own witchy woman, including the best-selling biography, Stevie Nicks, Visions, Dreams, and Rumors. Howe is a regular host of the award-winning UK station Soho Radio with her popular show, Rock and Roll Witch. And she has also appeared on UK TV and radio outlets, including the BBC and Sky Arts. Her work has been acclaimed by publications, including The Guardian, The Sunday Express, Teen Vogue, Rolling Stone, and elsewhere. She currently is the Royal Literary Fund Writing Fellow at Newnham College, University of Cambridge. Well, I'm impressed and I just like her anyway. So welcome, Zoe. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Patty. It's a real pleasure. Uh, I love your book. I just recently got your book. I love that you're approachable to everybody. It's very similar to the way I work and my way of being, that everybody can put this magic into their life. So your book, Witchful Thinking, The Wise Woman's Handbook for Creating a Charmed Life. So tell everybody, my listeners who may not know on my side of the pond, a little bit about you, how you got to where you are, your path, how you ended up in this beautiful witchy world. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for your lovely kind words about the book. It's it, it's a oh. lovely to hear. It's so nice. When you're, when you're conjuring these things up, you know, they, they very much come from the heart. And uh, it, when, you know, when people you respect uh, give you lovely feedback, it always means so much. So thank you, Patty. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah so how did I get well I suppose essentially I mean some of this is in the book but um you know I come from a family that uh although I suppose we never would have really used the word witchy um I think modern day witches would recognize a lot of things that we were into, the conversations we had and continue to have and the things we we did and do as as a kind of witchy life, you know, and in in terms of, um, I suppose, at the very basic level, connecting with nature, having a real kind of connection with um, uh, with astrology, with spirit, um, you know, in a, in a very kind of, I suppose, in a very ultimately kind of folk magical way um so a lot of what I talk about in the book is very much um connected to nature and uh, folklore you know I'm from the British Isles and I have Irish heritage so that, that you know that feeds into it as well um but you know I I have in my sort of my grandparents were you know my grandfather was a healer um my grandmother was very psychic and there was sort of you know spiritualism there as well so all of these things were feeding in but in a very kind of um you know, everyone in my family wore it very lightly, put it that way. Um, you know, my grandparents were kind of very down to earth and working class, but these things were just part of their lives. Um, not sort of spoken about particularly at all to anyone that you thought wasn't maybe simpatico. Um, but it, it's interesting, and I know that you, 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 you'll have felt this too, Patty, that it's really not that long ago um, that, that, that the word witch... Um, was you know it still feels emotive now doesn't it so you know it's not that long ago that it would kind of maybe raise eyebrows in certain circles still it would um maybe cause suspicion maybe uh, you know at best make someone think oh they're a bit of a weirdo and at worst cause some sort of serious alienation and, and persecution even you know just a yes. few years ago so there's been a real reclaiming of the word which I think is wonderful we have the sort of community of of baby witches to thank for that and the kind of growth <laughs> that's wonderful to see it reclaimed but at the same time I think you know there are people of my generation and older who still feel you know a little bit private about it but I think you know what I wanted to do with Witchful Thinking um was to say well this is a book that you know you might not want to go down the witchy path or you might not want to go or you might but you know witchful thinking is about sort of connecting with the magic that's around all of us you know whatever we identify as it's there for us all the time it's within us um so I really wanted to kind of tap into that really that's beautiful again very similar to the way I work and what I do it's like I don't care if you don't have to become a witch you don't even have to use those words but grab your power. It's about power. Mm -hmm. And I see mm -hmm. that you very much, you talk about the wise woman archetypes and things like that. So, so what does that mean? Okay. So I've got some new people going, okay, archetype, wise woman archetype. What are we stepping into here? What is that? <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I can only sort of talk about these things from, from sort of where I'm, you know, my own experience and my own sort of feelings about it so but to, to me um the wise woman or, or the cunning woman um in, in you know in the British Isles we would um have figures historically in uh, the, in village life known as the cunning woman or the cunning man which well, I suppose we would now call a wise man or a wise woman of the village and uh you know people looking back on that think well they, they were witches they were white witches again they would never have used those terms because they would yeah. have apart from anything else been you know a bit of a bit of a red flag to maybe undesirable people who would have wanted to do them harm um but yes it's very much looking at that kind of cunning woman wise woman trope if you like to kind of find that figure within ourselves and kind of be guided by that figure by it's a sort of symbolic thing really I guess um but she kind of or the idea of that sort of figure guides us through these different ideas in the book um that in some cases may feel quite archaic but actually they're just part of nature and I suppose it goes back to that pagan thing I mean literally the word pagan it just means of the country and so a lot of these things were just very normal to people living the old ways living with nature in the country a few hundred years, you know, before the industrial revolution. Now it's like, we're trying to find our way back to them. Um, but I recently actually moved to the countryside um, in Norfolk and East Anglia. Um, and I'm finding it's really interesting going from a sort of relatively urban environment to the countryside because you're like, wow, all these things that I was like really working hard on trying to access, you know, and connecting with these sort of turns of the wheel of the year, for example. Yeah. When you're in the countryside, it is... It's just around you all the time. You don't even have to think about it because it's absolutely intrinsic. <laughs> to what, you know, the people around you, they're not kind of identifying as 
which is all pagans, but it's like, yeah, absolutely. They, they are completely connected with the folklore and the magic of the nature and the things that are, you know, the phases of nature that's very natural to them. And it's just really interesting to go back to. It is interesting going back in time. So. <laughs> yeah, because, because it's the seasons. You really get to live the seasons and you see it in the trees and the nature and the weather and the temperature, everything. I yes. think that's what we've gotten so far away. Especially, I live in the middle of the city, though. I live in the hills, so I'm, I'm really lucky. I have the best of all worlds. But so many mm -hmm. people, you know, you have controlled air, you have controlled light, you have controlled seasons, you have controlled everything. They've lost touch. And I think one of the, the best things about this new resurgence or whatever we want to call it of paganism or the witchy world and, and is an awareness of this planet because we need it. We need it right now. If we don't have it, we're like blowing ourselves up. So it's like, yeah, we're standing right here. So I i don't even have words for what this means i so much more than even the spirituality what we're going to get absolutely. this is our planet yeah. <laughs> yes and I, I absolutely agree with you and i feel like you know it's interesting what's sort of coming to our consciousness at this time and you know i mean as you say we, we need it we need people to kind of pay attention because you know it is it's mother earth you know this is it's it's she's talking loud these days we need to listen to her and do what we've got to do and and get back to something that is that is true and compassionate and and, it, and i think as you were saying in your last episode actually i was listening to that the covid pandemic has really kind of made people kind of upped a lot of people's empathy and i think made us connect in ways that we maybe had taken for granted before. And I think it's making us look at look at nature in the same way. A lot of people started going back to that. A lot of people during the pandemic, the lockdowns over here, they started remembering, well, hang on, nature's not closed. Nature's not locked down. I can go to the forest or I can go to this, you know, to the beach and, you know, just walk across that field that I just, you know, I knew it was there, but I never bothered. And I think it really caused a connection with that again and people were hearing birdsong again because people weren't flying and so that yeah. you know the bird nature could come back it was this extraordinary thing um so yeah it's been very interesting to see people reconsidering their their place within that and thinking hang on maybe i don't want to live this super urban super mundane life maybe i want to kind of connect with something else it's very interesting right. Right. And whether or not I live in the middle of a city or not, we don't have to let mm. go of it. So I think it was a big old wake up call, um, no matter where you live. So what are some of the things that uh, I know you went to little parts with the book and I like how you do every which way and they go as oh, below as above. You're using phrases and quotes. Oh, those are witchy phrases as within, so without. So what are some of your ideas for people going, OK, I'm going to get this book before I but as I get this book. What are some of the things that you would do ideally think somebody to live a more charmed life? Awarenesses or practices or spells or rituals? Well, I think, again, you know, to, that, that uh, connecting with nature, connecting with the seasons and the changes, connecting with the moon. I mean, these, these probably sound like really kind of obvious things to suggest, but they, they're obvious because they're so important. I think, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, if, if, if nothing else, recognizing the effects of the moon on ourselves, on nature, on our animals, um, is really exciting, but also really useful. I mean, I even find with my own husband, you know, he, he's a, you know, he's a sensitive chap, but he, he has his limits <laughs> with how, how witchy he can go. Um, but, uh, you know, whenever he's sort of feeling a bit blue, it's like, well, hang on, what's the moon doing? Oh, it's the dark moon. We always feel like this during the dark moon. And it, and it's, it's something you can't deny. So getting to know those phases can also help you kind of plan ahead. If you think, oh, it's the dark moon, then I'm, maybe that's not the best night to sort of plan my, you know, my party. <laughs> I don't know, if <laughs> but, you know. Or, you know, oh, it's going to be full moon. So I tend to get a bit moody then, or I can't, you know, if I have more than a couple of drinks, it tends to, it amplifies our energy, doesn't it? So it yes. kind of helps you when you know those phases and cycles, getting to know the kind of um, astrological cycles and the, the retrograde cycles can be very useful as well. And these are things that, again, people who aren't otherwise sort of witchy or, you know, uh, into that kind of thing are getting into. You know, I hear a lot of people who I wouldn't expect going, oh, is it Mercury retrograde? Because my computer's yeah. doing all sorts of weird things. And I think, wow, these things are kind of the fronds are working their way into you know, mundane well, areas of life that we might have looked at as, as, as mundane. But also I think, you know, one thing I that's at the heart of it, I suppose, is um, trying to kind of 
get ourselves to sort of just listen to our instincts more. We've kind of lost our way with our intuition, I think, um, on a day-to-day -day level. I don't just mean when we're meditating or when we're kind of, you know, involved in our magical practice, whatever that may be. I mean, moment by moment, day by day, learning to trust that again. Um, and of course, that very much depends on our own experiences. And I think sometimes, you know, depending what we've been through, sometimes we, we don't always trust our instincts um, or we second guess ourselves. Um, but I think getting into a practice where we, we allow ourselves to trust our instincts in quite, you know, playful ways, maybe harmless ways. So we might think, well, you know, for example, if I'm in the supermarket and, um, you know, I've wandered off and I can't find my partner. And I, instead of kind of looking, you know, everywhere, sort of calling him on, on my phone, I'll just say, feet, take me to him, you know, just take me. And I'll let my feet take me. And invariably, I will find him, <laughs> you know, things like that. And it's just, well, I, I might not have otherwise trusted myself, but just give it a try. And it, the more you do it, the more you can rely on your intuition um, when you're looking for something. You may do this, Patty, as well. You know, when I'm looking for my keys, I live in, you know, slightly chaotic <laughs> cottage. And, I get um, that. You know, rather than sort of uh, freaking out and kind of turning everything upside down, which invariably I won't even find it that way, I'll just, I'll just say, you know, I'll just try and tune in with the energy of the object I'm looking for and just say, well, where are you? Just show yourself to me. And invariably it will just, it just will. So, those little things, little tips and tricks are in there to sort of just say, just give it a try and see if it works. And it's so exciting when it does work. Um, you know, I it's love quite that, actually, especially finding people in the supermarket. I, I've never even put that together or thought of that. It's like, where are you? Got the phone. Oh, they didn't bring the phone. They left the phone. It's like I go all of a sudden mundane. I can't wait to lose somebody in the supermarket now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I agree with you. And we do need things to like trust spirit, trust that ourself, whatever else you believe in. And I, yeah. I give people those kind of exercises all the time, too. It works on your faith and your ability and action. Not it, with the whole supermarket people thing. You just inspired me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's so nice to know. But it's so true, isn't it? Because I think sometimes we do it when we're like, right, I'm doing a magical thing now. Or, you know, then we get But it's the thing is, if you're if you're doing it every day, all day, every day, one, once you do sit down to, to your magical practice or your meditation, you're kind of already, you know, engaged, aren't you? You've got that, but it's not like, hang on, how do I, where do I start with this again? And, you know, and then you wonder why your meditation was a bit muddy. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a muscle almost, you know, you've got to kind of work with it. And it's, it's a lovely thing to work with. And, and it, it really is something to be treasured and valued. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, sometimes when, when people are, spell working or you know sometimes when you're you think oh, what what should I use what ingredients should I use for this spell rather than think oh I'll look up see what you know this person did or you know just think well what what do I what do I feel drawn to what's the first thing I look at and why let's have a look at it okay that then look it up and it'll invariably be the exact thing you need same with crystals yep. as well sometimes you just feel really attracted to a crystal and you don't know why and you just think oh I you know I, I think I need a piece of that in my life and and then you look it up and it's like wow it connects exactly to either a health problem or something you've been going through and I, it's just such a lovely lovely thing yep I agree wholeheartedly so good and starting out with the moon cycle that's what I do and and I and I like that people are getting it seems like people are getting more more into planetary everybody the astrology of things and the planets and the metrogrades and this and the Venus and and just now starting to get the lunar, but the lunar is so easy. We are made of water. We're run by water. It's the moon. So I, that's, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's actually how I start my day. Okay. Moon is waxing. I'm going to add my life. Moon is waning. I'm going to let go of what's not serving. Moon is, you know, like you said, the dark moon. So it explains so much. <laughs> Do you garden by the moon, Patty? Um, yeah, not as much as I could or should, because again, though I'm in the middle of the city, I'm not in the middle of the city, I'm in the hills. My gardening garden itself, kind of, it does what it wants to do, not what I want to do it. And I give it up to spirit and the squirrels, kind of. Nice. Do you, garden? I probably could do more gardening by the moon, but it seems to be run by critters. Uh, I don't know how you prevent that. <laughs> It's Fair like, well, I can't grow orbs. I can't grow this. Do you garden by the moon? Tell me about gardening by the moon for all my people who actually can do better than I. Oh, no, well, believe me. I mean, 
my garden is a bit of a mess. But it's um, I, I again, it's not long since we've moved here, and it's the first time I've had a garden for many years. My mum is a very natural gardener, and so I try to sort of remember the things she sort of told me. Um, and I'm I'm sort of trying to get herbs in there and stuff. But you know, essentially, I try to weed during the waning moon because it's when you want to get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I try to kind of plant things in when it's waxing. And, you know, you can't always time things that way, but it's nice to kind of think, oh, yes, you know, as I'm kind of pulling the ground elder out, it's like, yeah, off you go. The dark moon's going to help me with this, <laughs> the waning moon, yes. you know. And and I like to sort of think that that works. But I was talking to um, uh, a chap um, who is, his name's RJ Tagala, and he is um, a conservationist and a ranger mm-hmm. at, at Wiccan Fen, which is a, there's lots of Fenland around here in sort of Norfolk and Cambridgeshire and you know he just said you know we so much happens by the moon you know the the, the calves that are born the timing of it you know whatever your beliefs you can't deny it it affects everything that you know that that happens that unfolds in these natural settings so it's I need to sort of do a bit more gardening by the moon I think but yeah weeding weeding by the waning moon it's you know it's a good start (laughs) I can I can do that the squirrels won't stop me from that they might stop me from growing all the herbs I want to do, or they just eat them before I get to them. Nah. Otherwise, you have to do it like build a fort around them. And it's like, that's not pretty. I don't want that. So um, that's my personal journey. So, <laughs> um, so what about um, working like, what are some of your suggestions for people, whether they're just learning how to, again, this is about, I like that wishful thinking, how to bring it into your life every day. Is there certain practices or rituals or like altars that you work with? I do. I mean, it, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, I do have an altar and I know that sometimes that is very much, you know, something that is a, it's a luxury to have the space to have an altar for some people I know if you live in a tiny apartment you might think oh you know or if you maybe house share with with people who aren't simpatico I understand that it's not always an easy thing to to do um I know there are possibilities you can you can have a little kind of display on a shelf or you can even have like a traveling altar with the bits Mm -hmm. and pieces that you need but really I think you know although I do do talk about that in a a bit in the book and I do work that way, I think it's important uh, to say that ultimately, even if you haven't got the tools with you, I mean, you might be away and think, oh, actually, I want to work a little bit of magic and, but I don't have my stuff. You know, you don't need the stuff. You know, I think that so much is down to our intentions. So much more is in our control than we think. Um, And I think if we kind of hone our focus and our intention, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, it's such a cliche but it's all about energy isn't it so we're working with energy we are energy and so ultimately yes tools are great they help us focus that energy but if we don't have them at our fingertips you know we have ourselves we have our minds um and and we have our words and for me words are so important you know I'm a writer anyway so naturally it's you know that's that's a kind of a a place of focus for me um but I think if, if nothing else if you have nothing around you to work with you know you've got your words and and wording a spell or wording uh, your intentions very carefully is super important um as well so that's definitely something I would think of and it's again it's something to think of every day you know not just when you're doing working magic you know when when you're in every conversation think about the words you're using because they're very powerful um you know <laughs> that's why we call it spelling words are very powerful. <laughs> Uh, they contain, they're charged, you know, and especially when we put emotion into them. Um, so it's something yes. to kind of bear in mind in every conversation. So again, by the when we sit down and do our magic, whatever form that will take, I feel like it will give it extra power. Um, but I also think from from an everyday point of view, away from the kind of ritual thing, although I, I do love a good ritual, um, again, if you're sort of working it into your life every day and just sort of trying to get the kind of magical mindset, um, I think that's really important because I think, you know, it's all very well thinking, oh, I want to live a witchy life and I want to, you know, there's a lot about the kind of witchy aesthetic on Instagram, which is obviously <laughs> gorgeous and Stevie Nixie and gothic and we love that. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't got, if you haven't worked on that magical mindset, there's only so far you can really take it. So I think all the things we've been talking about very much feed into that. I think also sort of thinking, working with things that you might not otherwise think of as magic. So the clothes we wear, the ma- the makeup, you know, the, it's all you know, if you think about the magic in colour, how much power yes. there is in colour. I, I think about colour healing a lot. You know, I know that's something that my, you know, members of my family have worked with and and told me about. Um, so there's a bit in there about that, you know, thinking about that. So, you know, if you've got an important 
um, meeting that day where you want to be very persuasive, you might think about maybe wearing a bit of purple, which is a very kind of enchanting color, very engaging, or, or you know, if you if you need a bit of strength um, and you're, you, you sort of maybe anticipating a confrontation at work or something, you know, a bit of red, a bit of Mars energy, you can kind of tie it in with planetary correspondences as well and, and, and other associations. So you can sort of take that down all sorts of roads. Um, but at the very mundane level, you could, you know, just what colour you're drawn to can often be exactly what you need that day for some reason to give you a bit of a boost or to maybe even make you invisible. That's another thing, you know, I think we can have invisibility cloaks. I think sometimes, yeah. you know, black can, you know, wearing black can can give us a sort of invisibility. Um, and I, I, I know that black is very associated with witches for all sorts of different reasons. Um, mm -hmm. But I think also if we decide, you know, it's also black stones, like a piece of jet. Sometimes I'll take a piece of jet with me. And if I if I want if I don't want to attract any attention from maybe a nosy neighbour, but I have to go out in my garden to do something, um, yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I just say I just like have a little conversation with the jet and say, well, look, you know, can you just shield me from any attention that I don't want, you know? Um, and invariably, I'm never bothered. So I don't know whether that's the act of just sort of almost saying something and then you kind of put something into being or or, or what, but something seems to happen that, that, that has the effect that I want. <laughs> right. No, I think it's both. I think it is intent. I think it's society. I think it's the energy we put out. Um, I am really good at doing in invisibility cloaks when needed. It's like, ah, or, or putting on a glamour, the same thing, but opposite. You you know, you run into your to your ex or your ass or your ex-lover and you're like, oh God, I didn't wash my hair. It's like putting on a glamour and they won't see it or or hide myself and they won't see you. It all yeah. works. And yeah. I think the witchy part, yes. And I am big about color and clothes. Everything can be nothing or everything can be everything. I'm really big on what color panties are you wearing? Exporting business meeting. I like you say, do the purple nails. I'm like dark blue panties on those lower chakras would be really great. Same thing. It's like, and you've got the what I call the mind, body, spirit, or creation working stretch. Your mind is going there. These this color panties or this color top is going to make me that much more powerful. So we're putting it in our headset, which we have to do. And then the magic coming on the color of it as well, or or the stone. So I think it's a double win. Um, but I, I used to, I ran a production company for a lot of times. And it was very like chaotic. We didn't have a theater. We were like theater on the run because we did a a lot of corporate and it was like okay you have to get from stage right to stage left but there's no backstage I had I would teach my actors how to invisibly get from stage right to stage left and they weren't witches they weren't even it's just like okay now we take the and and it's like it's amazing how they learned to do it you know I love that that's fantastic and that that just says it all doesn't it it just goes to show you know you don't have to kind of be quote unquote a witch um, to do these things because we all are working with the same stuff, which is energy. It's just sometimes, you, you know, you, it might not occur to you to try because you might just think, well, that's a bit weird. <laughs> but it's just, I think that's the difference. You know, it, it occurs to us to try because we know that we're working with energy and it's like, well, why not? You know, why not try and find my husband just by asking my feet to take them? Or, you know, why not try and be invisible as you walk across that stage? You know, just just intend it and see what happens. It's, it's always worth a try. <laughs> Yeah, because it's amazing how successful you will be. Um, and again, I'm the same with you. I love tools. I show up with like two basketfuls of stuff. But if you have no tools, we are the tool. We have our receiving. We have our giving. We have our energy. We have our thought. We have an intent. We have our breath. Mm. So it is, it's, a, I think, all about awareness. That's why your book shows people how to have this new perception, new awareness about things. Thank you. I mean, and also taking what you were just saying just reminded me as well about the tools, um, you know, to go back to what we were saying earlier in the conversation about the cunning woman or the wise woman. One of the things I really love about those old stories about those fabulous, uh, you know, essential figures in the village who could do everything from, you know, many of them were midwives or they would they would bring people in and out of the world. You know, if someone died, they would know what to do. They'd know what herbs to sort of cleanse. Them. They, they just have all that knowledge at their fingertips. Often they would know what was going on in the stars. They might be the only person in the village who, who was literate in those days, you know, that they were very it's a very interesting kind of history but one of the things I love about 
that kind of uh, side of things and, and the folk magic side of things to draw on the conversation about tools is that a lot of the things that they worked with were mundane items like the pack of cards you know you could do a reading with just a regular pack of cards that's how I grew up doing that kind of, I didn't yeah. read tarot I read playing cards um they, that would never draw suspicion you know uh working with candles you know chicken bones from the meal you just made you can use them for divination all these different things which are actually you know to the untrained eye just like regular stuff you'd find in anybody's kitchen but yep. They used those. So really, you know, we don't if we can't afford that fabulous, expensive wand or, that, you know, I, t I tune in with those guys and I'm like, you know what? They worked with what they had around them. And and it was it was the magic was in them. They just were, were, were tools for magic to be worked or, or the psychic work to be to be done. It's all in us, isn't it, really? So I, I just find that really lovely and exciting. <laughs> yeah, me too. And and the best ones I've ever had are often the, that stick you found and you're drawn to. And like, yeah, you want to stick something on it? You can. It's good. Um, what... What are some of the dangers that you think people, again, and your book isn't about dangers because your book is all empowering and stuff. Or what is one of the something that, that if there's something you want to warn people about into this new world and new awareness? Yes. Um, and I'm, sorry, I, you were going to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I think back to what my mum always advised me she was always very you know she had a real balance when I was growing up and of course when you're a teenager you know or a young girl you know you, you you just want to know it all don't you and so she was very balanced in what she shared with me but also with what she advised me to to sort of steer clear from and I, and I still you know work with those sort of parameters today um so I would say you know one I mean, protection, psychic protection was something that was always really drilled into me, uh, whether I e even, you know, if I was just sitting down to do a meditation, uh, my mum would be like, no, are you psychically protected? So, you know, I can't I can't just sort of sit down and close my eyes and try and zone out now. It's just it's drilled into me. So um, because, of course, you when you are sensitive anyway and you sit down and you kind of open yourself up or you just go kind of blank or whatever, um, it can attract energies. Um, and I think especially um if you are very open or you you are doing work that opens you up and that could be anything from a simple meditation to uh, ritual work um it can attract wonderful energies and it can attract exactly the energies you want you could be calling in uh, deities and angels or who you know whoever spirit um but sometimes a very high vibration can also attract lower energies that are like oh i want a bit of that yes, yes <laughs> i want a bit yes. of that light. i'm going to tune into that and so you know, it's something to not be kind of freaked out by, but it's just something to be aware of that to, to prevent that. Prevention is always better than cure. Um, think about how you want to psychically protect yourself. There's always lots of ways of doing that. And there's lots of books on it. Um, how I like to do it is to kind of, um, I imagine myself kind of uh, grounded uh, to Mother Earth. Um, and I imagine my roots going down like a tree strong into Mother Earth. And I imagine lots of kind of healing, right, strong energy coming up through my feet into my body and at the same time I kind of imagine those sort of branches like you know basically I'm turning into a tree which is very much a happy place um <laughs> my branches reach up to, to the heavens it starts to draw down beautiful white light the white light of spirit or the divine however you want to call it and then I kind of imagine all this beautiful light coming from the earth and the heavens amalgamating in the light in my heart and then I kind of create a bubble of light that becomes so powerful and strong and as big as I want it to be that literally nothing but the highest and best can even see it or be attracted to it certainly it can't get in if it's not the highest and the best and, and those words the highest and best they kind of resonate with me that so that if I ever feel uncomfortable or if I feel like I'm in a place that oh the energy's a bit a bit dodgy I just think I knew only the highest and best only the highest and best quick as a flash I feel better um, and, and because I feel better, my vibration raises and I feel stronger and then I just feel like it repels anything. Again, a lot of this is just about how we feel. Um, right. I think psychic protection is really, really important. I also think um, not, you know, you have to take it seriously, don't you? You have to take the spirit world seriously. You have to understand that, you know, have to understand that we don't understand everything um, and that we have to be respectful and careful 
with that. And while there are lots of beautiful forces and energies that that, that want to help us and want to connect, um, like life on Earth, there are lots of lots of energies and people and you know that that maybe don't want the best and are kind of mischievous at at best. And there's a little bit in the book about um, about Ouija boards or talking boards. Um, I know there's lots of people who have different feelings about this. I was brought up. Well, actually, I did. <laughs> it's very naughty of me when I, I was brought up that you must not do it and I think maybe my mum had an experience when she was growing up she's like do not go there you know you'll probably hear something you'll probably get a message but it, it, it either won't be what you want or it certainly won't be who you think it is and it can be very difficult to 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 shut that communication down because you're not really in control of it um so I think sometimes people are attracted by the ease with which we can kind of gain communication um but the fact is is it who you know, are they who they say they are when they come through? Um, and so, yeah, I was very naughty when I was a teenager. I did, I, I did, <laughs> I did do. And of course, I got it was ridiculous. And and you know, you could tell it was almost like a, a naughty brother trying to scare you. You know, um, and I probably got away lightly, but but I know people who have had much scarier it's just like don't put yourself in that position you know it's it's like why would you you know there are streets that you know not to walk down because if you do. You know, maybe it's a bit of a sketchy yeah. area or gang down there. You just don't do it, do you? So I, I, I see it in the same sort of way. Um, there are some things that you just don't mess with. It's not worth it. And I think if you're going down this path, again, we all have to make our own decisions and choices. Um, but, you know, um, it's always kind of, we're all kind of learning and evolving, aren't we? And I think when we're doing so, we're quite sensitive and open. And so, uh, you know, why, why spoil that for yourself? um by, by kind of because you can't resist or you just think oh it's, it'll be easy um to get a mess through you know is it worth it right right well, and again and i agree with you the whole thing you know as spirits wandering by good bad or indifferent they're gonna look at your neighbor go oh they're a oh they're a skeptic they're not they're they're and they're gonna go see you or see me or see these people who are going oh we, we can we can we can mess with them they're going to see me or experience me good bad or indifferent so we do mm -hmm. i'm big on protection too within a home within energetically now my experience with ouija boards has been very different because when i was a kid i've, I've used them safely since i was seven or eight years old because i knew they would be safe for me but i do believe if no one knows how to use them correctly and mm -hmm. i just kind of did i think they should not right. be sold in toy stores i think they should have a completely opposite set of directions like this is not a toy do not mm. you don't want to go is anybody out there anybody you want anybody really yeah. you want open your front door for anybody the serial killer next door no yeah. be really specific like what you're saying the highest and best the highest and best and then i believe you would that is what you'll get the two times i've had really bad troubles from that i dropped the ball i didn't have the protection set so um yeah i don't think they should be told in toy stores and i think it has to be taken really seriously it's not a game just like a practice and being witches we do create charmed lives we do create this stuff there's a responsibility to that we are changing fate we are changing the world so uh, or our world we're changing or win that so there's a responsibility to that absolutely right that's such a good point and it, it is it's like you know we we have the the kind of the the option to to bend our reality to change our reality and as you say with that comes responsibility um you know i i remember i i grew up reading the the writing of marion weinstein do you know marion weinstein um, no not, I don't not think I do. she's she, i mean she passed away a few years ago she's wonderful i'm always beating her drum uh she was a new york witch she was a comedian she used to have a radio show in the 60s called marion's cauldron and she was very really yeah she was very ahead of her time she was embracing youtube pretty much when the platform was brand new she was quite an elderly lady then but she was making these fabulous funny witchy beautiful videos with all her familiars around you know and they were wonderful um but i grew up and i'm really glad that one of the first books i really I mean, my mum had lots and lots of wonderful books um, around. I was very fortunate. They were just in the house, you know, about mediumship, about um, astrology, about the occult, that sort of thing. Um, I even remember there was a book about Kabbalah, but that was over my head at that time. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's very different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
my, my dad as well, you know, very, very, they were seekers, you know, they were seekers and they were very um, connected with that world. So uh, that kind of mm. literature was all around me. But I remember, I think sometimes books find us as well and items find us. And, and this book, Positive Magic by Marion Weinstein, definitely found me. Um, I'm writing that down. I'm going to get that. Oh, it's wonderful. And, y- you know, she was one of the people who, I read again that sort of thing of of not kind of worrying too much about tools because you know the words of power that was her thing it was all about words of power she kind of you know I just drilled myself with Marion uh, Marion's writing on that um but also you know just being very being very conscious and being very careful about manipulation and of course technically all magic is manipulation because we are changing things and you know it's just are we doing it for with good intent or bad are we doing it with respect for other people's free will or not but it it is kind of all you know we are manipulating it all it's just the intention behind it so you know, she was very clear on all those things. And I think that gave me a real, a really good grounding on how to uh, approach magical work at a really good time in my life. And I used to take this book with me on public transport and I would covered it in, in, in silver paper. Oh, you found it. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wow. Judy has done the, the forward. This must be a new edition. I don't know that book cover at all. That's so interesting. Thank you, mystical producer Rob in the background. <laughs> See, magic is everywhere. It just pops up. Uh, so, yeah, check that. Anyway, i looking at the clock and like, ah, I'm going to have to have you back because I have lots of questions. You guys have to check out this book, Witchful Thinking uh, by Zoe Howe. So tell us, everybody, Zoe, anything you have coming up, how people can find you, how people can get your books. Well, um, I've got a website, which is www.zoehow.com. And that can sort of, you know, give you a general overview of what I'm doing and connect you with my social media. Uh, But that's a good place to start. It's got all my other books on there. Um, And I also sort of do a bit of art as well. So any kind of exhibition-y things go on there as well. But um, my radio show, which is a rock and roll witch, that's every month on Soho Radio. And that kind of brings together my two great loves of of music and 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 witchery and uh you know that's lots of fun so <laughs> i so I, and i again that's why i have to have you back to talk i'm i'm married to a musician i'm married to a drummer and you know stevie nicks is my girl so are you a singer are you a musician or are you part of it uh well i i also play drums and my husband's a drummer so it's a very noisy ah! house Okay, then I'm gonna have to send you some Hollywood drum show sticks. My husband's a drummer, and we produce the Hollywood drum show. Uh, Oh my gosh, we are sisters, sisters from another mother, another planet, another. Ah, uh, all right, you're coming back. Um, So again, ZoeHow.com. Anything you have coming up, you guys, check this out. By the book. Thank you very much for for having me. It's been such a pleasure, and I really appreciate your support for the book. Oh, you are so welcome, you guys. Zoe Howe, go to her website, follow her on social media, and come back again soon. Thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour.